0: Stories, fables, ghostly tales. A child stumbles out of the forest, running, wait, no, limping. It's hard to say, and now that it's getting closer, oh god, lock the windows and doors. And a strange pit of stuff is found with an even stranger presence surrounding it. Welcome, listeners, to your Friday dose of freaky stories just for your brilliant ears. Our first story is titled The Animated Doll. We'll have you locking your windows and doors, and only encouraging your fear for dolls. And our second story, The Collector, won't have you looking at trash piles in the same way again. Mates, I'm having a gingerbread latte, jamming some scary stories in the afternoon, and it doesn't get better than this. Well, it does, actually. The fact that I'm sharing them with you. So turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for something creepy. Animated Doll. Written by X Mechanical X Space Ghost. Edited by Shadow Vixen. One night, I was having trouble sleeping. This isn't uncommon on a full moon. And I was waiting for it to slip out of vision. I could see it outside my window, and I had watched it rise up out of the forest that surrounds my house. It was 12.30 at that time, and I decided to go out of bed and watch the moon from my window. The room was filled with the sound of deep breathing, that of my girlfriend Tammy, who was sleeping soundly. I envied her. The moon was large and slightly gold in colour. I rubbed my eyes and sighed. When I looked back out the window, I saw a faint light in the distance. At first, I thought it was headlights, maybe one of our neighbors coming home. As I observed it more closely, it seemed to be stumbling and moving towards our property, very, very slowly. I was becoming very uneasy, but proceeded to watch it for around another five minutes. As it grew nearer, I could make out the figure a little better. At that point, I wished I hadn't. It seemed to be an infant, a toddler, wearing a tattered dress from what I could see. There was something weird about its motion, though. It swayed violently, from side to side, placing its leg out in front as it did so. I decided to wake Tammy up, because this is just too strange. "'Hey!' I whispered. "Uh, "'What's wrong, Chris?' Tammy said in a haze of half-asleep confusion. She rubbed her eyes and inhaled deeply. You have to see this. I took her hand and led her to the window. It was gone. Ah, oh, damn it! I said in frustration. What's going on? I stared out the window for a moment longer and saw it reappear from behind the tree. It was making its way left from the road it had been walking down, directly onto our fence property, Of about four acres altogether. It was still quite a distance from our house, though. What the hell is it? What do you think it wants? The fear was evident in my girlfriend's voice. I… I don't know. The toddler stopped and turned its head towards our window. I quickly dropped to the ground and pulled Tammy down with me, hoping it didn't see us. I then waited a few moments before I had a look to see what it was doing. It was now walking right in our direction. It was then I realized what it was, though the idea seemed impossible. A doll! It's coming! I whispered fleetly, fear tinging the syllables as they slipped out. Why? What do you think it's going to do? I don't know. I really don't. I've never liked dolls. The room was then filled with the sound of my heartbeat, It was pounding against my chest, trapped by my rib cage. It echoed through my head and I desperately wanted it to stop because if that doll, that thing, could hear it, then it would find us for sure. Neither of us dared to move at that point. We listened for what seemed like hours, but eventually, Tammy fell asleep in my arms. While I stayed and listened, for long after, the only thing or sound that reached my ears were slow taps. Tapping tapping, possibly on the window, but I couldn't bring myself to look up and find out for sure. I don't know how, but I managed to fall asleep. I know that because I woke to the sun shining brightly in my eyes. The sky was filled with large, scattered clouds, one of which soon covered the sun, blocking its warm rays. It was early afternoon, but everything seemed sinister. Tammy was still lying next to me on the floor. I got up carried her to the bed and then tiptoed out of the room to look for anything that brought sense of clarity to what happened the previous night. I inspected the hall. Nothing. The bathroom. Nothing. Then the living room. (sighs) I sighed with relief, but then I saw it. Bloodied handprints were splattered on the full-length windows. A series of tiny handprints, all made by a left hand. It was all real. It had happened. Maybe I needed to research the history of this place. I knew that an old lady owned it before I did. She had passed away a few years ago, and the house was put up for sale. I knew there was an old box of books of hers in the basement. I had never went through them because I didn't think it was right. But then, in that moment, I needed to know what the hell was going on. Morning. Are you Okay. Tammy's voice resonated from behind me. I guess? I smiled, trying to reassure her that everything was going to be fine, although I didn't think it was very convincing. Find anything? I nodded and pointed to the handprints on the windows. Whoa, this is really messed up. We have to find out what's happening. I'm not waiting for it to come back. Let's go through the old lady's books. Maybe we'll find something. I'm glad that Tammy had drawn the same conclusion I had. So we proceeded to the basement. It was the old box in the dusty corner, covered by a dirty old sheet. There were some decrepit books, possibly diaries or old photographs. Tammy picked up the book, discovering that it was the latter, started flipping through them. I picked up another strange book. It was not a diary. Instead, it seemed to contain incantations and things of the occult. It was definitely associated with a form of dark magic my eyes widened as the puzzle pieces clicked in my head holy shit i i think i found it i mumbled quietly yet excitedly half trapped in a maze of thought let me see i think i found something too as i handed her the book i found she reached me a musty old photograph of a little girl with long braided hair she had dark eyes and was possibly around eight or nine years old The oddest thing about the photo was that she seemed to resemble the doll, the little doll she was holding. It seemed to be an exact replica of the little girl. We were on a good start but needed more information. I flipped through the pages of the strange book and found pages marked with a line of dark crimson blood traced down the right side of the page. Written on the page was an incantation to transfer your soul to an inanimate representation of yourself so that it may grow old instead of you." This little girl didn't know what she was messing with. Where would she even find this? I asked astonished. I don't know, maybe someone gave it to her? She wouldn't have known it existed, Tammy suggested. There were two other little dark books in the box, one titled Mary and the other Annie. One name rang a bell. I knew Annie was the name of the lady who used to live there at the house. I started reading Mary's diary and Tammy read Annie's. They're sisters, I said. We continued to flip through the tired, yellowed pages. Yeah, Annie seems to be very worried about Mary in this entry. She says she's been acting peculiar, Tammy remarked. What's the date on it? 6th June, 1958. I flicked to that page in Annie's book. I'm so frustrated with Mama and Papa, I read. They never listen to me. I'm old enough to know what's best for me. I'm old enough. I don't need their permission to leave the house. If I want to go, I should just be allowed to go. This is not a prison. Clearly Annie was dealing with some childhood angst. Nothing too strange there. I looked through the few pages before that and she mentioned something about the ritual, and that it had been completed, and that Mary would remain beautiful forever. As I read on, I saw that it read, But if her body loses its life, her soul will resurrect the inanimate representation 50 years after her death, so that it may return to her body. Mary died a week later. Apparently she drowned. I said, flipping through the pages, Oh, I said fearfully, letting it all sink in. Tammy reached for the diary to read the entries with her own eyes. So the doll is Mary? And it was returning to the body? Tammy theorized. So, wait, she must be buried here somewhere. Then what happens after she finds the body? I said as I quickly skimmed through the lines on the marked page. I found instructions to the ritual and read them aloud. The resurrection charm is to be placed on the body's chest, draw blood from a living person unwillingly, let it spill onto the paper or wood engraved with the name, age and death date of the body. It then must be burnt and the ashes sprinkled in a circle around the corpse. I drew a breath. Once this has been done, a nail must be driven into the heart of the representation to allow the soul to escape. The soul is then free to return to the body. But if it gets lost or does not wish to return to the body, then it is doomed to wander the earth forever. Is that her only way her soul can be connected to her body once more? Tammy inquired, clearly shaking from the news she'd learned. There is another way, I mentioned. But it's very risky. If you choose to resurrect the body before the soul is back inside it, this option recommended if you have performed the soul exchange and your body has died, the living corpse will most likely destroy you. If it does, the body will destroy itself also. To do this, instead of driving a nail through the heart of the representation, you must offer a part of yourself and nail it to a tree with the resurrection charm symbol carved on it. The body will rise and either take the nail and drive it through the heart of the representation destroy the representation, or run away and kill everyone in sight. I read all we needed to know. I stood up, went upstairs, and out of the dark, damp basement. Tammy followed behind me. I wonder if it's the blood? I remarked. Chris, your arm! Tammy cried out in complete shock. I inspected both of my arms, but I couldn't see anything. Then I saw. The small bloodstains on my shirt I lifted up my sleeve to find a rather small but deep cut near my shoulder. That wasn't there last night. She She was was here. here. She She watched watched us sleep and we have to kill it. I I want want it gone, Tammy exclaimed, her chest rising and falling rapidly. She was clearly close to panic and I wasn't too far behind her. But the more freaked out I became, the more determined I became to kill this thing, to get it out of here. I proceeded into the living room and then went to the front door. I found it to be unlocked. That was how she, wait, no, it got in. It was not a human, and I didn't want to think of it as having any human qualities. It was a demon, a monster, a plastic doll, nothing more. I went outside and peered into the woods, taking in every detail. A chilling breeze rushed through the trees, and brought with it the smell of burning. It's almost finished! We have to stop it! I went into the forest against the wind. Its cold biting at my face, I turned around to see where Tammy was. She was running behind me with a knife in hand. I brought this, just in case, she said out of breath from the run. Good. We waited for a while, crouched in the thick forest, listening. An unearthly shriek filled the air, and was followed by the sounds of growling, like a deranged animal making mince meat of its prey. I grabbed Tammy's hand, and we paced slowly towards the source of the noise. We got closer, and the sound became more distinct. I stepped on a stick, and it broke under my foot. I winced. Everything went silent. The noises hushed. But then we heard rustling behind us. A chill prickled up my spine. My head whipped around, but I couldn't see anything. There it was again, the rustling, only this time, to the side of us. It was obviously moving very fast, whatever it was. Tammy raised her knife, ready to defend if we had to. We moved closer to each other, seeking comfort while feeling completely surrounded. All of a sudden, she was ripped from my side. Tammy screamed and the knife flew out of her hands, I turned to see that a creature with long dark hair and abnormally large eyes ripping into my love. It had extremely pale, grey skin and thin bony arms and legs. Around its lips were blue, a feature of suffocation or drowning. It clawed at Tammy's stomach as she flailed against its unusual power. I quickly grabbed the knife's handle and drove it into the back of the creature. It had no effect. I winced and pulled with all of my might and eventually lugged the creature off Tammy, who was now covered in blood, injured badly. The corpse of Mary let out an ear-piercing shriek and clawed viciously at my arms with her bony, decomposed fingers. I pulled out the knife and attempted to decapitate the creature, soaring into its cold, clammy neck. Its claws sunk deep into my flesh, causing blood to flow in streams of bright red down my arm. I finally regained enough strength to drive the knife all the way into its neck and sever the head. Mary's head dropped to the ground with a thud. The body stopped struggling and went limp, twitching slightly in erratic motion. I released it and watched it form. I rushed over to Tammy, Tammy. who was growing more and more pale and seemed to be near unconscious. Blood was covering her torso, and was still seeping from her deep wounds. She had lost a lot of blood. It's over. It's done. We did it. It's not coming back. I reassured her, gently. She nodded, weakly, and I inspected her injuries. There were deep scratches on her arms, face and even worse on her stomach. She was lucky not to be disemboweled. I looked back over at the body of Marie and saw it was gone. Vanished. I looked back at Tammy. She was gone, too. The
1: Collector. March 5th. I went for a walk in the woods today, instead of a walk in the park. Just thought I'd shake things up a bit, and I must have gotten a bit lost, because I ran across something I've never seen there before. I found a huge crater-like hole in the ground. It was about a 100 feet wide and filled with all manner of stuff. Yes, stuff. I'd say trash or junk, but some of the items in the hole looked brand new. Near the edge, I saw a rusted refrigerator. One of the hinges had been broken long ago. Right next to it, however, there was a child's bicycle in good condition. Almost as if it had come straight from the store. Underneath that was a wheelbarrow, with a flat tire and a hole rusted in the bed. This should give you an idea of the kind of items in the hole. The hole was so full of junk, I couldn't tell how deep it was. I was trying to figure out who would throw away all this stuff when I heard footsteps nearby. Someone heavy was coming this way, and I didn't want to be caught trespassing here so I ran off. I made sure to memorise the path to that hole, though. March 7th. I took Kurt to see the hole today. He thought it would be strange that someone would be dumping all this junk in the woods without getting into trouble with the police or rangers. While we were standing there talking, I heard the footsteps again. We decided it wasn't worth sticking around and getting into trouble. Something else weird happened today. This morning... The lamp next to my bed was missing. I could have sworn it was there last night. March 8th. I had to write this message on my iPhone. Because my computer monitor went missing last night. It scares me that a burglar was able to get into my room, to steal it, without waking me up. What scares me more is the fact that they were less than 10 feet away from where I was sleeping. But why would they only take the monitor? and leave everything else. I still can't find the lamp either. Maybe they took that too. March 11th. Kurt came by this afternoon and, surprise, he had my computer monitor. He said he found it in the hole when he took a friend down there to see it. What kind of burglar dumped stuff in a huge hole in the ground? Kurt also told me that when he dug out my monitor, He thought he saw someone standing on the edge of the pit, watching him. Whoever it was was gone by the time he climbed out. Hopefully it wasn't the burglar. March 14th. I had the worst dream last night. This huge guy was standing in the doorway to my room. He looked human, and he was wearing jeans and a red flannel vest, like a stereotypical lumberjack. The only thing that looked off was his face. There wasn't one. It was like someone had taken a magic eraser to his facial features, or something. The thing just stood there watching me for an hour. Then he stretched an arm clear across the room, reached into my closet, pulled something out and stuffed it under his vest. Then he just turned around and walked out the room. I'm going to have a hard time sleeping tonight. March 16th. I just looked into my closet and discovered that the baseball bat I like to keep there is missing. What the heck? This crap is getting eerie really quick. And I don't want to be part of it anymore. I'm going out to that hole tomorrow to see if I can figure out what the heck is going on. March 17th. I found Kurt today. Most of him, anyway. What was left of his body was in the hole next to my baseball bat. And my lamp.
0: Well, I hope this has only cemented your fear of dolls and serves as a good lesson not to explore strange and mysterious pits of stuff. (laughs) For the first story, what do you think happened at the end? Here's my take. When Tammy was gutted, she vanished because she was part of the ritual and process that had started once the doll came to life. As a result, Tammy was destroyed along with Marie. What do you think? Any other ideas? Not every story needs an answer, I know. But I love to speculate, half the fun is guessing what could have happened. (laughs) Do you perhaps have a fear of dolls? Well, when I was a kid, I used to stay over a friend's house that had the stand-up dolls. How do I put this? Um, Imagine dolls that were the size of a small child, made out of porcelain. Absolutely stunning, gorgeous design. But as a kid, all you think about is, that's creepy. And at night time, when everything is spooky already, all you're thinking is... What the hell? And what made it worse, folks, is that these dolls were facing the walls. They were designed to face the walls. I searched it online just now, apparently they're called Time Out Dolls? Seriously, what the hell? So imagine this, pitch black, you turn on the lights at night, BAM! Creepy shiny doll facing a wall. You better believe I was watching that thing like a hawk. (laughs) Those things at night would scare the crap out of me. Anyone else seen these dolls? That aside, The Animated Doll was a fantastic story and so was The Collector. Really loved them. Looking for more from these authors. Also, I have a little surprise for a listener of mine who recently sent me an email. They went by the name of Terence. So let me read this one out. Okay, here we go. I think it may be some small amusement for you to know that you join myself and I to bed most every night. Yeah, that sounds lewd but we go to bed and listen to your podcast most every night. The dulcet tones and creepy, scary stories guide us to our slumber. Yeah, we take you to bed with us. Thank you for giving us an excuse to eagerly down our sleepy time tea and call it a night. On a serious note, I applaud you for encouraging listeners to find their creative voice and start writing. Don't be too critical or question their talent. Just write and let creativity flow. It's very inspiring. Well, we've finished our sleepy time tea. Time to turn the lights down, and the sound up. Thanks for entertaining us. A big thank you, Terence. I didn't know whether you wanted your last name on here, but you know who you are, having only sent this at the time of recording, four hours ago. <laughs> A big thank you, mate, and I really appreciate that. If you want to say hi to me, reach out to me and just chat, by all means you can do exactly what Terence did as well via email on storiesfablesghostlytales@gmail.com. at gmail.com. There is nothing I love more than receiving emails like this. Hearing from my listeners is one of the biggest rewards I get from doing this podcast, so don't hold back. <laughs> I hope both yourself and your wife hear this one, and that it puts a smile on your face and a bounce in your step. Thank you so much for listening. And my awesome listeners still hanging in there? Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I'm going to dabble into some no sleeps, perhaps, and jump back into Japanese folklore. I'm missing that kind of stuff, and I can't wait to share that again with you all. Looking at researching some really obscure things, we'll see what I can find. <laughs> so have a fantastic weekend. Stay creepy, my ghouls and ghasts, and as always, till next time.